The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many peoples shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. And this reading from the Gospel of Matthew. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. May God continue to bless our understanding of these sacred scripture. Will you pray with me? O oh, gracious and loving God, as we enter into this season of preparation, may all of our hearts and minds and souls be meditating on your stories that we should open our hearts to. Amen. Well, many of you know by now, some of you may be surprised, but the Onion family is quite fanatical about their sports fandom. And like any faithful sports fan, we don't just show up at the end of the season for the big finale. So let's take Cubs baseball, for instance. We watch the preseason games, known as spring training. Then we watch the regular season games, and then every 108 years, we watch the Cubs play in the World Series, known as the big finale. Well, we approach Christmas the same way. There's, of course, the big event known as Christmas Day, but the regular season leading up to Christmas is, of course, Advent, which begins today. But this year, I thought what I really needed was a preseason, a preseason to prepare for the season of Advent so I'd be super prepared for the season of Christmas. Well, to be honest, the preseason hasn't gone very well. The week I thought I was going to spend preparing for the kickoff to Advent, I spent in bed with COVID. Then when I was finally feeling better and out of quarantine, I decided this was finally going to be the year that I nabbed that ever-popular Trader Joe's Advent calendar before they were all sold out. I arrived ready to secure the best calendar for each of my children, my adult children, no doubt, choosing among the many varieties that would perfectly match their personalities. I circled the display not once but twice before pausing to make my first selection. That's when I heard this mom standing next to me say to her young daughter, 
honey, it's okay. You just take your time and, and keep looking. Don't let that mean lady who keeps crowding your space get in your way. I looked up and around and didn't see which mean lady she was talking about when it dawned on me, yes, she was talking about me. Literally, with tears in my eyes, I said, oh my gosh, are you talking to me? And she said, well, yes, I am. She said, you were invading my daughter's personal space while she was trying to choose her advent calendar. I fell all over myself apologizing, and I was aghast that I had possibly become that person who knocks over young children to gather my adult children's advent calendars. Not a great way to kick off the preseason of advent. The next preseason event wasn't much better when I gathered with a group of my girlfriends from the neighborhood. We gathered for a glass of wine and conversation when the discussion turned to, you guessed, advent calendars. So first we talked about, innocently enough, you know, the, the virtues of a good chocolate advent calendar, when we then, of course, talked about the virtues of a good wine advent calendar. And then that digressed into, apparently, there are now beer advent calendars. And finally, we arrived that we heard there are now cheese advent calendars. Well, there was even a joke about how the manufacturer may have misunderstood that the season isn't about Jesus. It's about <laughs> Jesus. I grew quiet and began thinking, yep, here we go. Even in the preseason, we've lost the sight of the real season. My friends noticed my silence, and then one of them finally said, you're going to turn this into a sermon, aren't you? <laughs> and I said, well, yes, yes, I am. Thank you. Thank you very much for the inspiration. And so while my preseason has not gone very well, I remain hopeful that Advent, beginning today, is going to go much better. Our theme this year is generation to generation. We'll hear the stories passed down from our ancestors and consider what stories we will want to share with the next generation. Of course, there's a danger in becoming complacent when we retell the same stories year after year. Have we heard the Advent and Christmas stories so many times that we've stopped really paying attention? And so I challenge us to listen to these stories with the awe and wonder of a child, as if we are hearing them for the very first time. I urge us to approach this season with a fresh perspective, with open eyes and ears and hearts. Maybe something has changed about our own life story that makes it necessary that we hear these stories with a new frame of reference. Maybe something, something needs to change in us that can be encouraged by hearing these familiar stories with a new vision. But let us proceed with caution that we not try to rewrite the sacred meaning of these stories to fit our own expectations or even our own schedules. As one of the authors of this sermon series reflected, what are the stories that foretell and lead to the miraculous arrival of God into the world? What stories are neglected and forgotten? What stories have we twisted to suit our own worldview and perspectives? These stories, they are fragile. They are sacred. 
we need to approach them with reverence and care and protect them as we hand them to future generations. And so we begin with this ancient story and prophecy of Isaiah. And in the first line of scripture, I noticed something I had never noticed in this passage before. The word that Isaiah saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. He didn't just hear the word, he saw the word. And generations later, we'll hear that the word became flesh. Isaiah paints this beautiful picture that we are not only able to hear the word of God, we are able to behold the word of God. The word, through example, will teach us his ways, that we may walk in his paths. The word of the Lord will make an actual difference in the way the world works. Inequities will be balanced. Shackles will be loosed. Wrongs will be set right. They shall beat swords into plowshares, spears into pruning hooks. Swords will not be lifted up against one another. This story that has been handed down from generation to generation reminds us that in this season of Advent, we are to lift our sights beyond the challenges and crises of our own time, to participate with the generation since Isaiah in the hope for a world transformed by the goal of peace and harmony toward which God is trying to move us. How can we not be inspired by these words to behold the word and walk in the light of the Lord? And so we light candles to help us remember to walk in the light. We light the candles of Advent as a foretaste of the light that is to come in the Christ child. Darkness will not prevail. God's light will not be denied. But perhaps it's our adult cynicism that clouds our vision of the light. Or maybe it's our own sorrow or grief that prevents us from hearing the word, much less beholding the word. Perhaps it's why we get lost in the importance of the perfectly silly Advent calendar rather than thinking too deeply about the prophecy and promise of Isaiah's message to join him on the mountain where God can teach us his ways that we may walk in his paths. Maybe it's just easier to pin our hopes on Christmas gifts and holiday feasts than it is to open ourselves to the possibility of believing in the seemingly impossible. But truly, isn't Isaiah's prophecy, his vision of unity, justice, and shared openness to the divine way of peace among some of our deepest hopes? We might find ourselves longing for the simplicity of Christmas paths when in our childhood wonder, we could believe in things that seemed impossible. So how do we reclaim our belief in peace on earth and goodwill to all? Maybe it's as simple as keeping our eyes turned toward the light, the light of a starry night in the deep midwinter sky, the light of the advent candles, the light of the twinkling in an eye of a child, the light of the word in scripture. God creates this light, but it is up to us to notice. It is up to us to heed Isaiah's invitation to come and walk in the light. It is up to us to stay awake and be ready when the Son of God appears.
And who knows how he will appear, a baby in a manger, or a hungry person, or a neighbor in need, or someone sick or imprisoned, or that little girl that I crowded trying to nab the perfect Advent calendar. So let us follow the light and listen with the curiosity of a child to the stories that form this season of Advent, leading us to that main event. The Christmas story of a love that came here, that walked among us, that was born in a humble manger to unknown parents with shepherds standing by. It is a story that we pass from generation to generation because without fail, it continues to change us. It reframes the way that we can hope. It centers the way we love. It shapes the way we live. So this Advent, may we tell this story that has spread like wildfire from generation to generation. Let us remember the generations from Abraham to Jacob who waited, who waited for that promised day. And let our generation be so influenced in joy and hope and love that future generations can't help but pay attention. As one of my favorite authors, Jan Richardson, wrote this week, I know that for many, December is an intense swirl of sorrow and stress. The season has a way of opening our most vulnerable places of memory as we navigate the expectations of cheerfulness this time of year holds. But I have also come to know in my bones the fierce hope that lives so deeply in Advent, a hope that draws us beyond complicated cheer and into a season luminous, luminous with mystery and possibility. At the heart of Advent is the story of love, that comes to us, that crosses a seemingly impossible distance to meet us, that enters into our life and every single thing it holds, no matter what. Let us stay alert and not miss, not miss a moment of it. May it be so.